Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. Happy holidays, y'all. I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. It's that time of year where we got a fire going here. We got some warm drinks in our bellies here. We just watched a Christmas classic. How's everybody been? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know? Mel? Well, I've got a gremlin on my lap, so I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. He's not. We'll we'll see how he does for this episode. He's already being loud and awful. Yeah, probably bad. For today's show, first and foremost, what are we drinking today, Melanie? So... I'm going to call this Mrs. Deagle's Nightcap because I imagine this is something she would probably like, mm. not to discourage this drink. I like this drink, but it's just a traditional hot buttered rum. Sure. So to make it, you do, I'm going to give you ingredients per cup. It's two teaspoons packed brown sugar, one tablespoon unsalted butter. I And I mixed up the butter concoction on its own. Real quick, can mm-hmm. I, it's, it's very tasty. Can yeah. I say what it reminds me of? Uh-huh. It reminds me of... Have any of you all out there have had uh, Marie Callender Dutch apple pie? It tastes like that to me right. in, in like a cup, which mm-hmm. is not a bad thing at all. Um, okay, so two tablespoons, or sorry, two teaspoons, two teaspoons packed brown sugar, one tablespoon unsalted butter, a splash of vanilla, uh, and then I did ground cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, allspice, and ginger, and two ounces Per cup, I think I did a little bit more in each of, well, in yours specifically, because I figured you'd want it stronger, not sweeter. Mm. But uh, you need two ounces of dark rum. I'm using, um, oh, where's the octopus rum? Kraken. Yeah, I'm using Kraken dark rum. 
and then you want to do four ounces of boiling hot water and then I didn't have cinnamon sticks but traditionally you garnish it with a cinnamon stick you want to mix it all together and serve it hot I instead of boiling water I did hot apple cider that's why it tastes more like mm -hmm. a, it, it's great an apple pie I think it tastes a little bit better than just hot water but I think it's really good oh I, I like it it's tasty I could drink a lot of these. Yeah, and it would mess you up. They're very mm -hmm. strong. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something about whenever it's super cold, having a nice, sweet rum drink. I don't... Because mm -hmm. I wanted to do, like, eggnog, but I don't think either of you really like eggnog. I prefer this. Yeah. This is a good, great choice. Yeah, but I... Like I will drink eggnog. Uh, it's not my favorite, but I'll drink it. Like You don't like dairy and alcohol mix. Not particular, but I do drink it once in a while on Christmas just because it, like, my dad... Loves it with, like, blackberry brandy in it. Oh, I've so, never had that. That sounds nice. It's not bad. Yeah. You got ripped with milk-based alcohol drinks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell everyone what you did? When Stacy and I were younger, they... I remember they had, like, him and another friend had bought a ton of alcohol at... It's like CVS. Right? Discount alcohol. Yeah. So, so you and our friend Chris, you, you bought all this, and you'd had it for a while, and one it lasted a long time one was was a thing of white russian mix and i went to your apartment one day these are in cans correct no a it, bottle it was a bottle a i always picture bottle. you just cracking open a can and downing That'd it been, and it being lumpy that like been great. cheese <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I made a white russian and it as you precursed there it was lumpy it wasn't good. and i drank it I didn't know it was lumpy oh, okay. on my first drink. And so, so follow up question: You drank a significant amount, like, or was it just a? It sip? was a gulp. Okay. Like it wasn't a sip, but it wasn't like chug. It was just a gulp, and milk, gone milk bad. had gone bad. And I have never drank a White Russian since, and not because I, I just like, I have a hard thing with textures, and it just it was a thing like well, White Russians are not supposed to have that right. texture, and it. And I know it wasn't supposed to, but now it's just in my mind. That's the way it's going to be it's for the forbidden. rest of time. Yeah. You've got taste avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same way. I, I can't eat oatmeal because I had a bad experience as a kid. My mom forced me to eat oatmeal as a youngster and I hated every second of it. So I've, I haven't ate oatmeal but once or twice in my life since I was like five years old. I have a rancid oatmeal story that okay. is rotten, but I still like oatmeal. I feel like for a while back in the 90s, early 2000s, well, it's, there's, you can still find them, I'm certain, but there were these bowls that were very popular for a minute where, for like cereal, where it was a bowl and that has straw built into it. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. one of my sisters, my stepsisters, was eating oatmeal out of that one time and she sucked oatmeal through it. Uh -huh. Well, whenever it went through and it was hand washed or mm -hmm. dishwashed or whatever, it didn't fully oh, man. get cleaned in the straw portion oh, yeah. of the bowl. And so I was eating, I made ice cream. I mm. had like some. You thought, man, this is going to be a good little yeah, treat. Yeah, knowing my dad, it was probably like a butter pecan mm -hmm. or something. Sure. And I went to suck through the straw to get, you know, the milkshake portion yeah. of it. Yeah. And it was rotten. No. Oh. <laughs> and I, for a long time, I wouldn't eat ice cream. I wouldn't eat oatmeal. Mm -hmm. I got past sure. all of it, but I was just so upset. Yeah. And then I went to one of my sisters and I was like, did you eat oatmeal out of this? And she's like, yeah, I do it every day. And I was like, why would you suck the oatmeal through? It doesn't come through, does it? She's like, I always try. Uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah. I'm glad that, like, even though it messed you up for a while, it didn't, like. I overcame it. It didn't end anything for you. Which, yeah. I don't know if I, obviously, I don't know if I'd be as strong. You couldn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, obviously you didn't come back. Yeah, that's Stacey, what I'm did saying. Did you ever eat anything rotten, or have you always had pristine food? No, and I, of course. I <laughs> a hot dog story, I'm sure, has been. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. Hot has that not story. been chronicled down here? I don't think so. maybe if it has, it's been a long time. So school lunch, you know how they boil the hot dogs. Uh-huh. So got a hot dog for the school lunch, bit into it, it shot hot water in the back of my throat. <laughs> Now, it didn't turn me off hot dogs, but I wouldn't buy a school and hot dog ever again. not only did it go in the back of his throat, like, we were all around me. Like, it shot everywhere on the other end, too. Like, water just squirted out of that hot dog. It was vile, wasn't it? It was messed up. Everybody was laughing except him, obviously, because he was the one eating it. He was it. melting. Yeah. yeah. He's like the tarmac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it just wasn't expecting it. Sure. No, you don't. How could you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not to make it just nasty, grossed out corner, but I also have a hot dog story I don't know if I've told on here. Whenever I was in kindergarten, I they served hot dogs, and I'm assuming they were boiled, but I don't know. I didn't realize that that was the way you prepared hot dogs. You it was them. in our small ass town. Yeah. It I didn't realize be. that you boiled them. They always, like, mm-hmm. grilled them sure. that I saw. But anyways, I had a hot dog that had been served to me for lunch, and... Mm-hmm. Five hours later, after I had eaten the mm-hmm. hot dog, I was home with my mom. Sure. My mom was a nurse. And I started, I had the worst pain. Like, it was like, it felt like there was a gremlin in my intestines. Mm. Like, it was, like, very violent and sharp. Mm-hmm. And I cried. And normally, if I, when I got sick, I wouldn't, like, I would just kind of, like, be quiet and very, very calm and somber i was screaming kicking and crying on the floor because it was like the worst pain ever took me to the er and they made us wait for a long time because i wasn't dying and by the time we got in there the when the doctor finally came in he was asking my mom questions and like you know poking around like looking at my ears like taking polls checking Mm -hmm. heart rate and i projectile vomited onto him he had glasses on i remember this very vividly projectile vomited onto him and all of the they have gauze and you know little swabs and cotton mm-hmm. balls and things out all over that it was like reagan all oh, over yeah. everything you, you ruined said. uh yeah and then the doctor very sweet older man <laughs> took his glasses off and started cleaning them on his coat and he was like i bet you feel a little bit better now and i was like a little bit. <laughs> he gave me a suppository, which, you know, that was, it was mm-hmm. awful. And then I had to stay in the hospital and I was like high the rest of the night. Like, it felt like I was on some sort of You got a bad dog in you. Bad dog. Man. I wouldn't eat hot dogs for a very long time yeah. after that. That's, that's fair. Yeah. I, the texture, everything about it, I was just like, yeah. I can't ever again. I love hot dogs. I, I overcame it. Man. That's, kids that's a rough time. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know? Spread some Christmas joy. Before we get into the movie today, we have a little uh, holiday movie thing. So I just thought it would be kind of nice to for us to share a couple films that we would watch in the wintertime. Not necessarily Christmas or yeah. holiday specific, but just... Some wintry films. Yeah. I'll go ahead and start. I have picked a double feature. Mine just goes with the good and bad of holidays. Kind of a naughty, nice mm. type thing. So... With my nice film, I always watch... I've made this a tradition to watch it the last, like, four or five years. It's one of my personal favorite musicals, Meet Me in St. Louis, from Vincent Minnelli, 1944. Now, this is not a full-on Christmas movie, as it goes through the life of this family through a whole year. A good chunk of it takes place around Christmas time. One of its biggest moments is um, Judy Garland seeing 
singing um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Another one of my favorite moments in that movie is, uh, to me, it's one of the most romantic moments, is there's a scene where uh, Judy Garland and the boy next door who she has a crush on, I think they have a party over at their house, and as everyone has left, uh, there's a little, a very romantic scene where all their candles are lit, and they have to personally turn them off a certain way. Snuff um, it out. Yeah, yeah, take all the, the candles out. And they do the, do it together. And I'm not explaining the scene very well, sorry. But it's very romantic. It's, it's something that's very sensual, even though there's no, like, uh, it's not a film kissing that you would or... It's think is yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's a scene that I just really love. And uh, it's beautiful. So the naughty film I've, I've chosen is 1980's Christmas Evil, directed by Lewis Jackson, which I just saw for the first time, I think, a year ago. You did. And I absolutely love this movie. Do you love the... Is it the opening? The opening is great. Absolutely. Spot, you know, just seeing some some things you shouldn't be seeing. And yeah, the ending is just off the rails. Like, I I really like just... It gets you in the holiday spirit. It does. And <laughs> I am all for just chaotic endeavors. And that movie is, like, sums up me as a person, I think. so. That's concerning, but... Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so that's my double feature. Okay. I don't know. So, The Night Before, it's a comedy that came out in 2015. I think, uh, is Jonathan? Yeah, Jonathan Levine directed it. I think this movie's really funny. It's something that's in the uh, yearly watch around these times. It makes me laugh. I think it's one of the better, more recent comedies. I mean, it's a great holiday film. It's just a good comedy. Yeah, it's it's empty-minded, just fast food fun junk. Like, it's a fun stuff. movie. There's emotional stuff. Uh, Seth Rogen is in top form. I like, I definitely like the dick stuff. Yeah. yeah the bleeding into the drink, the the mm-hmm. dick pics. Uh, and then you get uh, Miley Cyrus at the end of the movie. We're going to go from that to A Very Merry Christmas, which I think is a fine, wonderful Christmas special. I love the music. I love that it's just a bunch of celebrities hanging out. It has a very old timey feel, but through a new lens because Sofia Coppola directed it. I think it holds up. It's a really good Christmas special. Great, great cast of characters and great performances. Truly great performances. And then from that, I'm going to Scrooged because I I watch the film every year. It's weird. It's dark. It's funny. But it's also sad. Karen and Allen. it brings me so much joy. Mm-hmm. Like the ending is just a top-notch Christmas movie joyous moment. Bill Murray goes unhinged in his monologue, and it seems very genuine. And he's such a dick through most of that film, so whenever that term comes, it feels very on-brand for a, a Christmas Carol. Like it, feel, it feels very, very good and very genuine. And Karen Allen is like... Yeah, she, she's gold. Richard Donner mostly yeah. makes good movies. It's a fun time. I like that a lot, and it was good picks. So mine, it's Crimes for the Holiday. I'm, I picked a couple of kind of noir kind of thrillers uh, that I feel like maybe people haven't seen as often. Not that they're they're talked about, people know these, but I feel like they're kind of lesser mentioned. So my first film is Lady in the Lake from 1947. Mm-hmm. I think Robert Montgomery stars and directed it. I'll give you a little synopsis. The female editor of a crime magazine hires a PI to find the wife of her boss. The private detective soon discovers or soon finds himself involved in a murder most foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really, and from the top, there's these great holiday credits that are, it's very Christmassy. 
it's just it's really nice it's a great film great acting great cast and then my second uh film in my double feature is the silent partner hmm. and that's from 1978 mm-hmm. uh i believe daryl duke directed it if i'm not mistaken and it's uh elliot gould and christopher mm-hmm. Plummer. a bank teller skims money for himself during robbery and a santa claus crook wants it back mm-hmm. but again if you haven't seen it i highly recommend both of these films this one's a little mm-hmm. little bit grittier but fun mm-hmm. yeah yeah great picks I do love 70s Elliot Gould. He's really good in this. And he, I don't know. I, yeah, I love Elliot. I just love Elliot a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure. Go watch yourself some Christmas movies, y'all. Definitely. Holiday movies. Whatever you want to call it. Just yeah. do it. Just go for it. Let us know what type of uh, films you would curate for a holiday showing. For a wintry Christmas time. Well, do we want to get into the movie for today's discussion? Yeah, what are we covering? For today's episode, we are watching... The 1984 Joe Dante-directed Gremlins. Before we start, is there anything you want to say about Joe Ta- Dante? We're on a bit of a run with uh, Steven Spielberg Presents. That's true. This is like our films. third one, yeah. I think, because we watched uh, Arachnophobia and then also Poltergeist. Poltergeist yeah. right? And mm-hmm. now this, I'm sure you have a bunch of stuff I, to I just want to say, I, just as far as Joe Dante goes, I, I think he's one of our more fascinating people to listen to as far as directors or knowledge of film. I mean, I think he's up there with Scorsese and he's very knowledgeable. He knows so much and he knows so much about the industry as well. And so he's someone that's just, it's very entertaining and also a lot of knowledge just listening to him speak. His movies are definitely made for the film fan and he is a fan of movies. You can tell from his inserting, you know, the people we got to start with, uh, Corman, who's in Howling, uh, Dick Miller, who's in almost all of his films, yeah. uh, Kenneth Toby, who is in this film and That's also insane. the Howling, his heroes, and he references stuff. There's so many visual gags in this movie that are taken from other films, and some of them, they, they go so fast that you sometimes might not notice them, and it has this very playtime feel to it. He is a fan first. I also like that he isn't kind of, he's not afraid to like shit talk. Like he'll, he's very mm-hmm. honest. And mm-hmm. I love that his interviews are some of my favorite to like go back yeah. to. He, uh, for anybody out there who isn't aware, I believe he does a podcast called The Movies That Made Me, I think. Is, is that the name I of it? I believe so, yeah. And I would recommend anybody listen to that who likes hearing Joe Dante because he's on every episode and they just interview different producers, writers, directors, just people that love Have film and, and they ask yeah. him about you know, the movies that made them who they are. So anyway, I would recommend listening to that if you're a Joe Dante fan. But with whenever it comes to Gremlins, the which <laughs> that'll come up again in categories, but I like that Joe really put his foot down and also that Spielberg had the for like the insight to just listen and just let him do his thing because there's a lot of things that Spielberg did not like, did not understand, and was like, you're going too dark. It needs to be a little bit more family oriented and funny. And Joe wanted it to be family oriented, but also have the crudeness and the horror aspects, Mm -hmm. which is like, it's perfect. Well, that's something I think that is interesting with this film is you definitely get the more unhinged Joe Dante and Gremlins too. Like that is his mea culpa. Like that is the film that he Mm -hmm. was created to make. That's what he always wanted to make. Mm -hmm. But this film, 
it's all him. It's not like you get the Spielberg touches with family mm-hmm. and those, but that it's also I think Chris Columbus wrote the script, so yeah. it's it, it, it does feel like his voice, but visually and in tone and in set piece. Like, it is Joe Dante's beast. Yeah, I, I would oh, yeah. say, especially the second, uh, the last hour is specifically is just, like, I put, like, a precursor to Gremlins 2, but, I mean, he's going for that, f- like, the bar scene in this movie is basically in the whole movie of Gremlins 2. Yeah. Like, it, it's really great, and his imagination, humor. the insane violence and humor mixed together. I was writing my little review, and I wrote something about, like, you have to imagine kids really enjoyed this because of... Like it's a cartoon. It's a loop. it's a cartoon, but like there's no consequence, no consequential violence <laughs> in this. And you have to. I mean, I'm sure that's something that drove me to this when I was a kid. Like just that insanity. So there's a lot too with his specifically his story and the Twilight Zone film. I because that is very. I mean, mm-hmm. it's again very cartoony. This feels everything from the bar scene on feels very much married to that and theme. I think that him. People criticize this film based off of, like, the rules and, like, how silly and stuff. I think you gotta look at his movies from the lens of he's not aiming for anything serious. Or any sort of realism. He doesn't... It's, mm-hmm. He's not interested in it. No. And he's just trying to... It's a cartoon. All of it's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. That's why... I mean, Looney Tunes are so violent and there's no consequence for... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all... And the man directed an actual Looney Tune films as mm-hmm. well. So... Which I hear is underrated. I haven't seen it. I've got to watch it myself. It's so. good. I love the guy, so I mean, I I, I want to see the movie. Brendan Fraser in that one? Yeah, yeah, it's him and it's, Steve Martin. It's a lot of fun. We'll get around to it at some point. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, Joe Tante rules. So Gremlins, 1984. Don't get him wet. Keep him out of bright light and never feed him after midnight. When Billy Peltzer is given a strange but adorable pet named Gizmo for Christmas... He inadvertently breaks the three important rules of caring for a mogwai and unleashes a horde of, I'm sorry, mischievous, mischievous gremlins on a small town. This movie was a massive, massive hit when it came out. I think it was the fourth highest grossing film. Which, it came out the same day that Ghostbusters did. I was going to uh, say, for the time period that it came out, that's insane to me. Almost everybody that's involved in this movie has big projects also this year. Like you got Corey Feldman in Friday the 13th Part 4. You have Judge Reinhold is in Beverly Hills Cop. Even the the mom, she's in Back to the Future, isn't she? Oh, she might be. I think so. Yeah, yeah the following year. Yeah. yeah, I'm really disappointed there wasn't more Judge Reinhold. I'm just gonna say. Well, and it seems like everybody was just kind of ready for these type of movies with Ghostbusters and Gremlins coming out the same day. Beverly Hills Cop just that would be such being a the biggest film of the year feature. like if you were going to the theater in 1984 and you're just like i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna catch these new films mm-hmm. it's ghostbuster i don't know what that is and then gremlins whatever mm-hmm. that's a good day it's a great day mm-hmm. but yeah it made a bajillion dollars made it to where joe dante could do whatever he wanted yeah we have zach galligan as billy peltzer phoebe cates as kate berenger hoyt axton as randall peltzer francis Lee McC- McCain as Lynn Peltzer, Corey Feldman as Pete, Kie Luke as Grandfather, and we've got to give a shout out to Dick Miller as Mr. Futterman. Mm-hmm. Um, how about uh, Polly Holiday as Mrs. Deagle? Uh, anybody else that you guys <laughs> um, want me to... Judge Reinhold. Oh yeah, he's he's down here. 
There he is as Gerald. Yes. Mushroom the dog as Barney. Absolutely. And yeah. how about some credit to our voice actors? Howie Mandel as Gizmo. Okay. Frank Walker as Stripe. And also from uh, Transformers fame, Peter Cullen voices some of the gremlins. There you go. All right. So, hell of a cast. Powerhouse of people who made this film. Chris Columbus wrote the script. Uh, Spielberg producing. Joe Dante directing. And you have Chris Wallace who does the special effects. And Chris Wallace, he would later go on to do The Fly, mm-hmm. which you can get a sense of some of the goop Especially that would be. Especially mm-hmm. towards the end. In that film. Yeah. And sure. well, anything in the pupil stage is very, very yeah. fly Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. We ready to get into it? Oh, here? well, so. Yeah. Sorry. Real quick. The It's important to note that Gizmo Puppet was one of, it's the smallest of the Mogwai. All mm-hmm. the others are very big. And right. And obviously once they're gremlins, they're like triple his size. Mm-hmm. But because it was so little, it would break down a lot. So mm-hmm. there was animatronics in it and, mm-hmm. you know, the way they would manipulate it. It was inc- insanely hard and it would break down all the time. It's kind of like Bruce the Shark. Like it would just constantly break down. Mm-hmm. And there's numerous accounts of the crew waiting for the puppet to get fixed and falling asleep on set and just it took so long so they made a list of terrible things to do to gizmo out of like <laughs> protest and frustration so all of the humans being dicks to gizmo in the film it's directly because the crew was so pissed at that puppet not working <laughs> that they just tortured it so him up on the dartboard and mm-hmm. spit at all these things they and, were just yeah they upset. were going through it with him <laughs> but the effects i mean it Gizmo is one of the cutest effects ever and obviously would go on to launch the Furbies in the 90s. So yeah. they're doing something right. But the, it is mostly, it, it's just like this impossibly cute thing. It's so adorable yeah. and it looks so good even now. Sure. I have to say one thing and I'm, I don't know if anybody will agree with me out there, but this is just what I felt when the Mogwai multiply. There's one in particular that his face and his, he had like his, his fur looked like a beard almost. And his face reminded me of M. M. Emmett Walsh from Oh uh, from Blood Simple. <laughs> I think what you're talking about. I actually okay because you said something while we were wa- we watched uh-huh. this together right before we were recording. I think it was Gizmo after that okay. happened, and he was and just he, upset. Yeah, him looking down at all the balls and them moving. Yeah, and he is like he's got like snot running out of his yep. nose, and his eyes are kind of turned down, droopy. Looking. I'm yeah. pretty certain that's who you're talking about. It was actually Gizmo. Man, it <laughs> but really. He's going through that's it. the only thing I could think of when I saw that. That yeah. was that was the image that came to my head, yeah. and it made me laugh. So, you know, what can I say? So originally, this film was conceived as an R-rated horror film. So changes in the film that would have happened had not given a lighter touch, which it was Spielberg's idea because Gizmo was originally supposed to turn into Stripe. Okay. There isn't. Yeah, there's. Gonna but be he no... thought that Gizmo was too cute, and it would turn people against the movie mm-hmm. if he became like okay. a monster. Okay. But another famous sequence that got taken out of this r-rated version and Mm -hmm. softened here so originally billy's mom was supposed to die and when billy yeah when billy enters the house her head was supposed to get thrown down the stairs (laughs) that would have been pretty wild (laughs) yeah i want to say everybody decided to to go pg with the film make it more family friendly which was this one of the films that inspired the rating change it was gremlins and temple of doom Hmm. both came out in 84 which inspired the mpaa to make uh the pg-13 which red dawns the first they didn't like that heart ripping 
Yeah, uh, Temple of Doom was considered too gross and scary. And I think with Gremlins, I think Joe Dante is very good at doing horror scenes. Mm Mm-hmm. The and whole kitchen scene is the the kitchen scene the the stuff with the high, uh, the middle school science teacher yeah. and I think that that people thought the film was too scary and grotesque to mm. be a PG film. Yeah, my cousins wouldn't watch this; they were too scared of it when they were. Like, I have no idea how I was allowed to watch it, but it was on in my house a lot when I was down there. I remember just probably because it was PG. Like this is safe. <laughs> Are we ready to get into this? Yeah. yeah, Peltzer. We meet Mr. Peltzer. He's an innovator. Uh, I'm sorry, an innovator. Well, he is that too, I guess. But he's an inventor. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just putting your own personal, like you are very much into what he's doing. We talked about I, Nolan possibly becoming yeah. an inventor. I, I, I like that he's trying. You know, most of the stuff doesn't work. But all of his stuff. All of his stuff doesn't work. Uh, so he uh, winds up in a Chinatown area and is uh, trying to sell his inventions, but also shopping for his son. So he winds up in a little like curio shop. Um, so he sees all this uh, interesting looking uh, stuff down there. And as he's down there, he tries to sell off a new invention called the bathroom buddy, which comes up multiple times through the film. Um, you know, it's an interesting device, but would it you never works. It? I mean, I don't shave much, so mm-hmm. that would be a minus. Now the brushing oh. the teeth would be good. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's, there's so. What about manscape? Manscape. Sure. I mean, that. That, that'd be handy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if it worked well, it'd be worth worth having, I think. He uh, talks to this man, uh, and he realizes there is a creature he hears down in there, and it is uh, what the man calls a mogwai. His Cantonese for devil. Uh, he offers the man $100 at first. He says no. Then he offers him $200. He says no, but he talks his way into it, and... With the grandson. With well, the grandson. No, the, the old need, man. Saying, we need the money. Yeah, the you know? grandfather is like, absolutely not. This I can't sell this to you. Mm-hmm. And then he goes upon his merry way and the grandson stops him. For a whopping $200. Yeah. Like we were discussing, yeah. you couldn't even get... I mean, I don't think I could have bought Gobby if I paid for him. What for $200. A, mm-hmm. What do we think of... Uh, the 80s Hollywood film's fascination with Chinese mysticism. Because you got like this, Big Trouble, Golden Child. A lot of those filmmakers liked those movies and were probably interested in the cool aesthetic. Hmm. I imagine it would be very dynamic, and it is. He does finally uh, convince them to to buy this from... he. Well, he gives them money for it. Uh, Young Child. Yes. Now, he's told there are three things not to do. Don't ever... Let sunlight in. It, it doesn't like doesn't like the light. Don't let the sunlight in. Don't let the in. sunlight in. <laughs> that, that will kill him. Um, <laughs> let the sun shine. Uh, no water. And uh, never feed him after midnight. Those are the three rules. You know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys. And they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you've got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight. Don't break them. They don't make sense. They don't make sense, and they're all going to get broken. But also, do I don't care. I never care. Sure. Yeah, it's always after midnight somewhere, but I don't care. Everybody's aware that time zones and a living creature couldn't, you know, live without water. They don't really matter. I mean, if, if because, 
like you said that, if you want to get in like really nerdy specifics, like they're in the snow the whole time, so they're covered in water the whole movie. Uh-huh. So, I mean, okay. Or like they're drinking beer. Right, sure. Mm-hmm. There's water and everything, so right. it's kind of... True. You know. mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, right after that we get, I don't, I don't know the name of this song, but it, is it Christmas? It's Baby It's Christmas. Baby. Or, or Christmas, Baby Come Home, that's the name. Yeah. I love this great, song. Great song. Yeah. Great song. It's a great song. We we'll get that playing. It's our introduction to Kingston Falls. It's this mm-hmm. nice Americana vision of a small town. I believe it's the same uh, structures that they used for Back to the Future. It looks the exact same it's, as it's, the Back to the Future. Yeah, I think it because they town. were filmed on the same lot. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a they do a good job of just that small town well, feeling. And so do you like that aesthetic, Nolan? Yeah, I'm down for that small town life. I really like whenever they're going through, because this is very small town, the kids like throwing icy snowballs at each other. Oh yeah, and then, but the girl gets one right in the face. And then she turns around and mm-hmm. like pelts that boy and he falls down and you can tell that mm-hmm. that boy was not expecting it. Uh, we meet Mr. Fetterman, uh, aka Dick Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we meet Billy, really our main, uh, our main boy. main boy here. And he has a foreign car, which Dick Miller makes us all know that foreign... Anything is no good. I think that this is interesting. I think it's one of the first instances in a big pop culture film where you get the xenophobia mm-hmm. of the economic bubble for mm-hmm. like foreign products coming in. So Japan was like thriving at this time, importing or exporting so much stuff to America. He said TVs, vehicles, mm-hmm. etc. And the, like in the late 80s, early 90s, there was this weird American racism towards the Japanese. Oh, yeah. But there's also this thing that's kind of peppered in. So the Roald Dahl wrote kind of the Gremlin story of Gremlins attacking a plane, which uh, is mm-hmm. a, uh, a World War One fable, right? About how, like how well, mechanic, like mechanical failure. Yeah, and like damage done to planes. I think it was for the Royal uh, Royal Air Force. Yeah, to kind of explain damage done to those planes. There's a cartoon where Bugs Bunny is flying a plane. There is a cartoon. It's like Fallen Hair. Fallen Hair, Flight of the Hair, something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. It's a little green gremlin that destroys planes. That's yeah. right. It says here, a constant menace to pilots are the gremlins who wreck planes with their diabolical sabotage. <laughs> gremlins. <laughs> oh, murder. <laughs> Gremlin. <laughs> what a fairy tale. <laughs> it is definitely xenophobia and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but I like that there's kind of pepperings of some of the stuff he's saying about planes going down. Yeah, for it, sure. It's alluding to Falling me. Hair, 1943. There you go. Okay. My half-ass memory. <laughs> hey, I, I liked it, though. It's a good cartoon. Mm-hmm. It was good. Our main character, I believe his name's Billy. Do you like Zach Galgan? Yeah. I think he's good. I think it's weird that he doesn't really show up in anything. Like, this movie didn't launch a career for him. Mm -hmm. It's one of the highest grossing films of the year. And can you think of anything that he's in other than Gremlins 2 and (laughs) Waxwork? Yeah, he's in Waxwork. And yeah, those are... I would say this about him. Like, I don't... He does what's asked of him. I don't know if he, like, stands out, but I also don't think he's bad. I just think he's, I think he's good cute. at what he does. I think he, yeah. he feels like a small-town boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He feels sure. like the boy next door. He could Very have had natural. a niche in that, uh, probably, like, I don't know. He could have had, like, an 80s romantic comedy thing going on for him. Yeah, and I, it mm-hmm. is it is surprising that he didn't, was he in, was he in For Keeps, or was, 
I don't know if that was him. Molly Rewald. Probably isn't. I'm probably misremembering. Yeah, he should have been in, he should have been like rom-coms or. Yeah. He's in another film in 84 called Nothing Lasts Forever, which is. Was he in For Keeps? No. Uh, and then four years go by, Waxwork. Two years go by, Gremlins 2. And then he's in Waxwork 2. And he's in a Warlock sequel and Cyborg 3. But he, yeah, like if you look at his filmography, no, no disrespect to to Zach Galligan. He's awesome. I think he's been kind of lobbying for them to do another Gremlins film with like the original. Cast. I think they are doing more Gremlins stuff. They have that animated series they're doing. I think they're doing a Gremlins three. I didn't know if it was because they've been talking about it for years. Obviously, a lot of stuff happened in twenty twenty that like mm-hmm. kind of stopped a lot of things that were in talks. I support it. I would. Definitely watch them. So Billy works at a bank. Is that correct? I think. It is. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady that's mad at him, is she a customer or is she someone who works at so the bank? She's she is a, a customer co- neighbor. Yeah. She's a customer neighbor and she also owns a lot of properties that people rent from. She is Mr. Potter from yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Sure. Like she's the exact same character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to a comical extent, you have that scene outside of the bank that's so wonderful where mm-hmm. the mom comes right. up and it's like we can't pay the rent you know what to ask santa for right the uh-huh. mom turns around and the kids are like mom i'm hungry and she's like me too yeah <laughs> dick miller is in the background of that scene for more than half of it mm-hmm. just watching and kind of aping mm-hmm. in front of the camera yeah we also meet judge reinhold at this time i just wrote he's killing it i love judge reinhold <laughs> and i was upset he's not at more like i said earlier what's Agreed. your favorite judge film oh it's it's beverly hills Easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the first film? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, isn't he the one But in... I also like him in... Sorry to... Go ahead. Fast Times? That's what I was going to say. I, I like isn't him Isn't he the one who's too. jerking off to Phoebe Cates? Yeah. He mm-hmm. surely is, yes. Yeah. I like him a lot in that movie too, but... And they have a little reunion here. Yeah, they do. But but Beverly Hills Cop is my, my favorite judge, I would say, mm-hmm. of the ones I've seen. This is what's left of my imported barbarian snowman. Your dog broke it this morning. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Just tell me how much I owe you. I'll be more than happy to... I don't want money. I want your dog. Barney? Give him to me. I'll take him to the kennel. They'll put him to sleep. It'll be quick and painless compared to what I could do to him. What could you do? I'll catch the beast myself. Then you'll get what he deserves. A slow, painful death. Maybe I'll put him in my spin dryer on high heat. That'd do it all right. Billy gets in trouble at the bank. Um, he, He brought his dog to work. He made Mrs... Futterman. Futterman upset. Futterman upset. Oh, Deagle. I'll try that again. Futterman's the good guy. Futterman's Dick Miller. Futterman and his wife are good. They're also in Gremlins too. He he made Mrs. Deagle Deagle. upset. My bad. So. Deagle. You know, (laughs) thankfully he doesn't get fired, but he's had a bad day. So he goes to the local tavern after work. Dory's pub. Yep. And Judge Reinhold's there as well. I think they're co-workers. Pretty sure the gentleman that is commenting on his cartooning mm-hmm. of Mrs. Deagle. As a dragon. 
Uh-huh. It was a good one. Chuck Jones. One oh, of the animators cool. for I didn't notice that. Of course, Bugs I don't know Bunny. what he looks like, so yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. A lot of Easter eggs in this film if you want to look for him. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while he's there, um, he has a conversation with Kate. I mean, Phoebe Kate's, we'll just say, like, mm-hmm. gorgeous, stunning, Beautiful. amazing, 80s treasure. Love her. But I love that Judge is really trying to lay down the Mac mm-hmm. and like, oh, you haven't seen my new apartment. And she's yeah. like, I haven't seen your old apartment. Didn't see mm-hmm. And I love just the keeps touching Billy and like pulling mm-hmm. the top of it, like mm-hmm. giving him full attention and totally ignoring Judge, but like still being like very nice. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very curt. Very nice. Very professional. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's Doing kind of job. interesting that, especially for the times, because it does seem like an arrested development, like they're in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And they still live at home and which is not I know that's very typical now. Oh for yeah, absolutely. But it's it wasn't typical in the eighties, I don't believe. No, people were a lot of people were already married and like having kids at their age and mm-hmm. how they are in this film and obviously she has a little bit of trauma, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. and he I think is just trying to support his mom a little bit. Yeah. These older kids mm-hmm. just Still living at home in, in this you would busted think town. That she would. Billy's a, a nice guy. He's handsome, but you would think for eighties mentality that she would be more. Oh, this guy has a good job. He's rich. Give he's me got that place. excess. Give me some yeah. money. Mm-hmm. And for sure. it's very sweet that she's just. I'm a junior vice president at the age of twenty three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea how old Judge Reinhold is in this, but. Not twenty three. He's never looked twenty three. I'll mm-hmm. just put that. Even in Fast Times. To be like fair, he's he, he was playing seventeen in Fast Time, and that's only like three years earlier. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're gonna now we get some home life for Billy. He walks in the house. There's a gag where he opens the door and they have like these two swords uh hanging on the wall and it, one of the swords knocks down and he puts it back and then a little while later when his dad gets home. The same, same thing man. happens. He puts it back. It's kind of funny. And that sword comes into play. Later, we start seeing some inventions around the house that his dad has made that none of them work, including an egg cracker, which I think is really funny. I think if I... Uh, this isn't the thing that we normally do, but like if I could have something from this film, I would really like to have the egg cracker. Mm-hmm. I just think it would look really good on a shelf. Sure. I think <laughs> gadgets would be the coolest thing to mm-hmm. have as like a keepsake from this, which I want to say, I feel like Joe Dante might have kept either the coffee maker or the juice maker. I forget. Lies the Peltzer line of yeah. products. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we meet uh, Billy's mom. Uh, we also meet Barney. Well, we've met him before, but. We get a little more Barney this time, um, not being upset at the neighbor. Um, he's a good movie dog, is what I wrote. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. He's he's up there with Jed, for sure. Mm-hmm. Dad comes home with an early uh, Christmas present for Billy, the Mogwai named Gizmo. You're kidding. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. Where did you get this? Oh, some little junk store in Chinatown. Can I pick him up, Dad? Sure, go ahead. Just be careful. You gotta be gentle. I will. I hope he's housebroken. Hmm. Oh, isn't he cute? 
Has it got a name, Dad? Yeah, Mogwai. What? Mogwai. I don't know, some Chinese word. I just call him Gizmo. He seems to like it. Well, we learned earlier from the film, too, but hell of a singing voice on this boy. Uh, how do you feel about Gizmo, Nun? He's cute. He looks like something I'd love to cuddle with. Make some great music together. Yeah. You know, that's Probably. how I feel. You think Gizmo would uh, be fond of you? I think so. Because I, I feel like I'm a type of person that Gizmo? I would... Do you want I mean, it would be very hard to take care of. You would have a lot of mogwais and eventually gremlins. Probably. That's probably true. But I'd try my best. I'd try harder than Billy. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I'd love him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Corey Feldman enters. I, we, we saw a glimpse of his voice early on as he is well, his little shape. selling uh, Christmas trees. Yeah. And he's like inside a little Christmas mm-hmm. tree. <laughs> How um, do you feel about Corey Feldman? I know that you hate children. He annoys me, but I like him. Like, same with... Friday 4. I mean... Is he, he your favorite he of the, me, but the young boys in movies? I can I can deal with him. I don't know that I... You don't know that you even have a favorite? Yeah, I, I, I just him. deal with him. I'll That's put fair. it that way. But he's in movies you like. Sure. Yeah, sure. I don't like Goonies. Ah, me neither. I don't like, I don't like the Goonies. That's a bad movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm sure it's not a bad movie, but... Bad movie. Yeah, it's just, it's a film, like, my brothers, they were age-appropriate when that came out, and they loved it. Why is it a bad movie? I just don't like it. What am I going to do, you know? (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, there's nothing wrong with it, and I get why people like it, I just don't like it. Okay. It's just one of those things. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. You love Goonies. Here's here's the other thing, is I don't know why you're asking me why I think it's a bad movie, because you know how I feel about most movies from... You know, with kids and as the uh, central focus, central focus. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't, I don't mm-hmm. dig it, especially comedy wise. Or yeah, yeah. I find Corey Feldman a little annoying. He's annoying, but I like I said, <laughs> he's annoying. I can deal with him. But how yeah. do you feel about him? Not to keep the felt like Feldman corner going, but how do you feel about him in Lost Boys? He's a bit older. You know, how do you I, feel about the Corey actually. Thing? I'm gonna say something here that's gonna make most people upset. I, that's not one of my favorite movies either. So I, I, again, I can deal with it. But you hate Schumacher. Well, I mean, Batman Forever rules. You have bad taste in movies. Well, that's like your opinion, man. Feldman in Lost Boys also does not do it for you. No, it doesn't do it for me. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. So I would probably prefer him over in that movie than this one, I guess. But either way, he he doesn't do anything for me, but I can deal with it. All right. So, yes, we've, we've met Corey Feldman, the tree boy. <laughs> we have a scene with a bad orange juice machine that uh, another failed... Uh, attempt mm-hmm. the idea of just like bits of orange and stickiness being everywhere mm-hmm. be a tough guy i would just leave do you laugh at every invention gag i think so they they're pretty funny mm-hmm. yeah they they're, they're things that has a very looney tunes acme feel to oh, yeah. it well mm-hmm. and the the thing i love is the noises that they all make yeah. like the the chicken it goes Gar! Like the... Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I, eggs. Mm-hmm. I do love his um, use of sound effects in the film. He uses mm-hmm. a lot of pulls from cartoons, like the the, the Tweety Bird oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The dizziness stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, and like the blinking yeah. whenever Corey's down talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, during this like, sequence. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moments uh, where a lot of different movies are playing on televisions at different mm-hmm. times, and they're usually represented by either what's happening on the screen or what's surrounding it. Um, I, I hope I'm right on this. I did, I'm did. i too lazy, so I didn't take the time to look it up. But when Pil- when Billy 
and Pete go up into Pete's room or into Billy's room. I believe uh, the Misfits is on the screen, which is the last movie of Marilyn Monroe's and uh, Clark Gables, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Both these boys are terribly are just misfits, you know. They're a couple of losers, and I like it. But anyway, just throwing that out there. It's a Wonderful Life, which uh-huh. I feel like is in that's in Home Alone, Home Alone Two, maybe. I feel like it's in a ton of mm-hmm. those are Christopher Columbus films, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he, that those are that. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing that comes up in a lot of those right. films for mm-hmm. sure. And it was one of the earliest public domain films, so everybody can use it for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Billy is showing Pete the, uh, showing him Gizmo here. Uh, Pete uh, spills some water on Gizmo, which obviously was one of our main three rules not to do. Are you guys horrified that every time a piece of the onions peel back when they break a rule, instead of, oh my God, this, this creature that I love is in pain and anguish. They're just like, oh, oh, what's happening? What's happening over mm-hmm. here? Oh, yeah, little, little fur balls are shooting out of his body. I mm-hmm. wonder what that's about. Sure. I don't know. Animal I, abuse. I feel like there is a lot. They are definitely way more care, careful with uh, Barney than they are with Gizmo. Mm-hmm. That's which, true. you know, not, but like, Gizmo talks. Like, he communicates. He's a goddamn unicorn. It is like. You've never seen one before. Yeah, but the way that they, like, as soon as he books. gets him up to his room, he drops him in a bucket and he hits his head and he has to go bandage him up. And then. Yeah, Pete spills water on him, and he's just, oh, you're okay, you're fine. What were those rules again? What was, like, one of the things that you were not supposed mm-hmm. to do? Mm-hmm. He constantly is shoving lights in his face, True. blinding him. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that at the end of this film, it's a, bye, Billy. It, it should, should be, be a, middle fuck finger, you! Two middle mm-hmm. fingers out of that sure. box. You mm-hmm. suck, Billy. Yeah, you don't deserve Phoebe. All fair points. We have five new ones created from this little water water droplet. All uh, the dad can think about is the Pelter pet, which he's like, oh, man. We could just sell a lot of these. That's another thing is he goes down. He's like, so dad, uh, something happened with the Mogwais. Uh, I did one of the things you told me not to do. And he's like, they multiply with water. That's the bad thing that happens. This is a, this Mm -hmm. is, this is good. I'm going to be, make this lucrative. Mm -hmm. Make that cheddar. Yeah. Uh, We get a scene of Barney the dog getting strung up by Christmas lights. Um, Billy thinks it's Miss Mrs. What's her name? Mrs. Deagle. Mrs. Deagle. It's definitely not the. the mm-hmm. This is before. This is pre Gremlin. This is pre Gremlin. Yeah. So, so this is the Mogwais being a dick to the, the dog. These guys are a little off. Would you see that the Mogwais are dicks when mm-hmm. when Billy shows Dad, you know, Gizmo's hanging out by the tree playing a trumpet and having fun with, with the, the dog. dog. Yeah. And they spit at him while playing Donkey Kong. The dog interacting with gizmo is so cute mm-hmm. like him being down there and then whenever the spit comes they both have perfect t- well one's a puppet they both look down at the same time and then look back up what the hell mm-hmm. yeah it's so cute yep billy takes one of these uh, new mogwai to his science his teacher science at school professor yes and uh <laughs> which science teachers at school probably don't do phlebotomy one of my science teachers in school thought dinosaurs were put here to make us test our faith. This yeah. is a public school. Fair points. Mm-hmm. I wrote down again, Dick Miller's really funny. Kate and Billy, uh, they have like a little scene where they're, Kate has got off work and Billy is walking her home. Billy asks her on a date. They're going to hook up. She hates Christmas. Uh, we find that out. I think that she has probably been waiting for Billy to make a move for, for years. She has, since they absolutely. were in high school. Mm-hmm. And finally... Which we find out he knows nothing about her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he knows she's pretty. She works at the bank. She loves the town. She's trying to save 
Dory's she works at the tavern. Working yeah. there for free so that she doesn't have to pay another waitress. She's been crazy about him, and he's just... I don't even know if he's nervous to ask her. He's just not thought about it. I think he is stuck in childish things. You see his bedroom during the 80s. Like, oh, this would have been worse. That bedroom is very much like middle teenagers. school boy. Yeah. 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 Okay, so next we get a scene with uh, Billy in his room with all the mogwai, and he... Looks at his clock, the, the Mogwai are hungry, and Billy's like, well, it's 11.30, it's not 12 yet, so you guys, I'll get you some food. So he goes down to the kitchen, and there's just like a huge plate of chicken. Uncovered cold chicken in the refrigerator. Uh, and what movie are we watching on the TV in Billy's room? What was that one? Was in, that? Invasion, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that's what, oh, yeah. the original. That's right. Yeah, so that's happening there, and as as he comes back up, gives him the food. Here we go. Hey, you guys are really hungry. Hey, Giz, you want some? You want some chicken? No? Uh, I called them hungry chicken eaters. They eat all the chicken, except the only one that doesn't is uh, Gizmo. Bad things happen after that. During this time, prof uh, the science professor is doing some tests on the Mogwai at school. And this is kind of both scenes going on at once. So he leaves for the night, leaves like a sandwich out on a plate. So that Mogwai eats his sandwich. The other guys have eaten the chicken. Mm, we no, find out no. it's like one something in the morning, even though at Billy's clock, it said it was 1130. So mm -hmm. obviously some sabotage going on here. I feel genuinely bad for the Mogwai that's at the school. One, the way that they create, like they torture <laughs> Gizmo again, do a mm -hmm. little drop of water so they can pop mm -hmm. out one. And that little thing is born, kept in a cage, and then he, not given any food, so he sees a sandwich, not even being malicious, just like num nums, Hungry, and num -nums. eats it, and then turns into this, and he immediately kills the teacher. Spoiler alert! But mm -hmm. you know, sure. Also, what teacher is staying after till two thirty in the morning with school the next day? <laughs> Billy's clock was indeed broken. Uh, it had been the wiring had just been cut off, and uh, he felt like it had maybe been nibbled. It had been nibbled by something. Uh, I wonder who and the. Uh, yeah, he fed him the chicken. It was after midnight. I wrote down Mrs. Deagle is a real shitter. I don't know why. I just, I did. She probably did something. She uh, came back into came the, back bank the bank and got upset. And yeah. she was upset um, wanting to, the dog is on vacation at the grandma's and she was wanting to get that dog to put him down. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all of, at this point, all the, the new uh mogwais which are now gremlins have hatched form into like this cocoon state yeah it looks a little bit like what you said earlier the alien uh from body the, snatchers from body snatchers the, the pod people and alien it's ooey it's gooky mm -hmm. the eggs crack open and you get that green light and like the fog is yeah coming mm -hmm. out it's really great chris wallace only to be outdone by rick baker in the next film at this also during this time professor hansen our science teacher bites it as well this was a really good core set piece yeah. uh, in, in his science lab. All the kids got out. It's dark in there. He's showing a film that's still rolling with the lights out. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good core set piece. A lot of tension. Good stuff. It hatched as well. It kills him. 
And I just wrote down gremlins on the loose everywhere. All the old Mogwais, except for Gizmo, have hatched as gremlins. And then we get um, next up a scene back at Billy's house. As you said, everything is hatched. Billy's mom comes up to his room and we start hearing uh, the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? It's another nice horror set piece. Mm -hmm. Back to back, really good. Yeah, setting, you don't really know what to expect Mm -hmm. because you haven't seen the gremlins in full yet. Yeah, and this is where we get mom burst the gremlins in the kitchen and there are some pretty pretty brutal kills. I guess you do see a gremlin in a jump scare after Billy gets to the school. Because he jumps out of the the counter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this sequence is fantastic. It, it's kind of foreshadowing the zaniness that is to come, the way that mom dispatches all these gremlins. She's like fucking Rambo in First Blood. The gremlins look great, and they're just full of uh, chaos and spite. You got one that she blows up in the microwave. You got one that she kills in like a Blender. litter. There was a third one she kills. Uh, like psycho stabbing. That's right, stabbing. After all that happens, she makes her way into the living room. There is Stripe who is our main baddie here. He was mm-hmm. hiding in the tree and she has a knife. She, the tree falls over on her. And so she's trying to kill him. And he's yeah, they set like a trap for, her. they put a toy in the stocking mm-hmm. and That's you right. get that wonderful mm-hmm. shot of her going back. And he mm-hmm. kind of, he almost does the Halloween shot, the carpenter shot where the shape like appears mm-hmm. in the darkness in the doorway where the gremlin's lights, or the gremlin's eyes, they look almost like Christmas lights. Not because they want to kill, just they find it funny. Like, they're entertained by violence. Again, it's it's a cartoon. Sure. Mom is, is taking on Stripe here. Billy comes home in the nick of time. And finally we get the sword on the wall paying off, where <laughs> he kills one of the gremlins. The next set piece I have down um, is... Moving to the YMCA pool. Which is a great looking set piece. Yeah, it is. So yeah, Billy is trying to... Stripe escaped from from their house and Billy's trying to track him down. I think you get some parts of Dad at the science competition. And what's cool about that is you get all these visual gags. You get Steven Spielberg riding around on that (laughs) go-kart. You also get an appearance from Robbie the Robot. Uh, mostly shot from the back, but there is a sequence where he is talking with Dad. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of something that would be in playtime. So the back of this set, mm-hmm. in, in the, it's all shot medium. So in the back, you have the time machine from the movie version of the time machine from the 60s. So you get, like, he's talking on the phone. And then the next cut... The time machine's gone. There's smoke and people are just like looking around. There's always something happening in the background. It's a visually rich film. Once we get to the bar, there's always something happening. Like whatever our focus on, there's 10 other things Mm -hmm. happening in the background. Through his gags and his camera movement, you can tell what he's referencing. We'll... We'll get into some more of the gags in a bit. We're getting to the point where the film really, this whole film moves for me. I feel like it's a very, very quick, like it's a little over 90 minutes or so, but it it's a very fast paced film for me, but we're getting to the part where it just ramps up and it's from here on out, it's a yeah, full on movie tune and fun. Uh, okay, so yes, we get the, the YMCA pool scene. Uh, Stripe jumps in the pool and we're going to have a lot of gremlins. 
Uh, so I called it Gremlin Town. It's Gremlin Town now, y'all. Our first. Are you referencing the stop motion? That's right. Sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. It doesn't bother me it's at all. It's Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it, most of it feels pretty seamless. Like, yeah, I'd from agree. Moving to mediums for sure. Our first victims are the Fettermans, and Mister Fetterman has uh, he gets destroyed by the Gremlins <laughs> and um, his own uh, American-made uh, bulldozer. So it's it, the irony here. He is the snowplow. Yeah, yeah. the snowplow, and so. Uh, it confirms all of his fears, too, that mm-hmm. there are really these things happening. Gremlins are in my snowplow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So all this crazy nonsense that he's been spitting the entire film, his entire life, yeah. is confirmed. We do learn from, I think, a CB radio later in the film that the Fettermans are alive and in the hospital. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because they do come back for the sequel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good they don't know. bite it, but they do bite it. I should have known that, but yeah, good to know. Not in life, just in... But I'm pretty sure everybody else ducks in this movie. They do. <laughs> e- yeah. Everybody else but the feather- Fettermans. Anyone who encounters the Gremlins, they uh, yeah, they don't make it. I feel like a bunch of people in the bar, we don't see it, but a bunch of people, patrons, died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gory's next... probably dead. W- yeah, yeah, sadly. Uh, the next thing I have down uh, is uh, Gremlin uh, Christmas Carolers. So we have an older... Lady who lives with a lot of cats, and she has good names this for is, those cats. This is, this is Deagle. Oh, this is okay. She doesn't because oh. so Stripe he she he pops out of the bush all her makeup on, and, and he goes Deagle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So oh yeah, the the retailer, the the retail home, and, and everything. Samuel Lightmull and all of her. I was joking that the cats that she has, she's just naming them yeah. random things. It's all currency. Yeah, dollar bill. It's dollar bill, drachme, something else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Drachme because of playing Odyssey. Uh I was like, drachme, I know what Mm -hmm. that is. And I was like, oh, it's all currency. currency. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, uh, tough day for her. Uh, She goes for a ride, Mrs. Deagle does. Lift it out of her window. Final ride. Yeah. Do you love uh, Deagle's death? Like the exploding out of a window? Oh yeah, it makes me laugh. I think it's a good gag. Well, and then... A fitting in. The police officer is seeing her feet just dead, Mm -hmm. not moving. Dead body on the screen. Isn't one of the police officers, is he... He's in community, and is he in Breaking Bad? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Uh, Next up, we do have the local tavern scene. The gremlins have taken over the bar. Uh, Pure insanity, as I said earlier when we were talking, in my opinion, I think this scene would be the precursor for the entire... Runtime of Gremlins 2. Do uh, you have a favorite gag during the scene? I just like them, I just like watching them eat popcorn. I, I don't know why. It just I enjoy that a lot. And I love the throwing popcorn flasher, and just mashing it in their face. Talking about what he is doing with his visual gags. Like obviously there's a flash dance gag right. with the the mm-hmm. way the camera is like cut, you know, I love up the, and down. The beatnik. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You also have once they play the uh the jazzy music. You have the Michael mm-hmm. Curtiz shot of the gremlin that's like Humphrey Bogart sitting right. at the table. So you have that beautiful Curtiz yeah. style shot coming in, but then it's broken up with just the... Yeah, I think it's a, it's either in this scene or the movie theater scene. I can't remember, but I like the gremlin also who has the uh, the big brown jacket on, like... Um, and he acts like he's exposing himself. Yeah, that's the that's, a, that's in this. So he goes behind the bar, the flasher. It's at, yeah. it's at Kate. So it's at Phoebe Kate's. <laughs> yeah. And I love the idea the of her. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love the idea of her serving them. 
Like, they came in, probably killed people, and she just kept serving them. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. It's really funny. Well, it's like her way to stay alive. Just doing whatever if, they want. If memory serves, and you guys probably know this more than I, but I, I think this is a scene Joe Dante's talked about a lot. It took a long time to film this scene. And by, like, the end of it, like, it just smelled so awful because there was just stale popcorn and, like... Bugs and stuff crawling because yeah. there's stuff. So, like, there, there's a lot of times where I think where she's mm-hmm. reacting to stuff. It's real because yeah. it was so disgusting. It was taking so long. <laughs> yeah. it, it is the technical centerpiece of the movie. Yeah. Like, there's so many visual gags in this sequence. How many gremlins do you think are in there? Yeah, I was going to say 20 to 30. Somewhere yeah. in there, probably. From there... Sorry, I lost my spot. Oh, we also... Um, so, the Kenneth uh, Toby... Gas station segment. Gas station yeah. segment. Joe Dante loves to put uh, Kenneth Toby in his movies. Kenneth Toby from Thing from Another World, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, uh, It Came from Beneath the Sea. Obviously a big fan, just personally. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of B movies. For sure. Yeah, very well loved. He ends up with films. the uh, smokeless ashtray. That's right. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, okay, so Billy... The smokeless ashtray that bellows smoke. Yeah. it's. I know this is such an easy yeah. gag, but I love that he's like... That smoke, that'll, that's normal. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Billy makes it to the tavern where Kate is. He he saves her in a way. He Well, she saves herself by flashing Yeah, she's got the, the, the camera. camera. Yeah. And he has a car, which earlier doesn't start. He gets it to start later in the movie. And then when Kate comes in to the vehicle with him and Gizmo, it decides not to start again. So they have to make a run for it. During this time, Kate tells Billy why she indeed hates Christmas. Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. So the police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Everything was falling apart. It was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I... I went to try to light up the fire, and that's when I noticed the smell. The firemen came and broke through the chimney top, and me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird, and instead they pulled out my father. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve, his arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck, died instantly. And that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. This is something that Spielberg wanted to cut. He doesn't like this scene. No, nobody liked it except Dante because Dante's point was... I mean, this is the movie. It's you don't know if you want to laugh or cry. It's it's and funny. It's super disturbing. It's, yeah, it's really messed up. But I also, like, I think it's really funny because that's how she learned. It was no Santa. And I love the callback to this in and the Gremlins sequel. Too, it's so yeah. stupid, but I love it. Her delivery is so good, and what she's saying is so melodramatic and horrific, truly. But it is funny. There. So my thing with this. It does break up the pace for the end of the movie. Sure. It, it does kind of come to a stop for, you know, from the hijinks. About, it's like four minutes where but we there, just kind of go I away. think that there's a way that you fix that and still have this scene 
And I think it's something that we're sorely missing from this film. And that is a two to three minute gremlins tormenting Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why we didn't get any payoff to his mm-hmm. asshole character yeah, it's true. getting killed. Because it would be amazing if the sexy gremlin from the sequel, if there was a character like that like coming over and him being kind of into it because he's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, great. this movie doesn't push to like the comic parts that Gremlins 2 does, but I do think, like, we do need, we need to see him die. We need to see him die or just, like, mess with. Yeah, At something bad happened. Because mm-hmm. I'm fine with him living, but yeah. Needed more Judge Reinhold one way or another. He, yeah. He's too big of an asshole and too much of a presence in the first act of this movie to not get any retribution. Yeah, we don't see him again. And he's I think out. it, yeah. I think having a sequence of him getting fucked up would kind of help with the Phoebe Kate speech scene of yeah, I agree. like the pacing. Yeah, and I I do like the way this film is paced, but it it it's one of those things is more of like a no brainer, and it, the film isn't hurt by being an hour and forty five minutes. No. All right. Uh, next, we have our other big set piece, the movie theater takeover. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is playing. All the cross marketing and stuff like through through studios that wouldn't happen now. No. You have a Warner Brothers picture. That they're using a Disney movie and showing it, like, on the screen. Like, significant chunks of. Not to mention all the other properties and movies that they're showing throughout okay. the movie. Sure. I feel like that was kind of big in the 80s. Like, Poltergeist mm-hmm. with so much Star Wars junk. Right. I think that Joe Dante has a fascination with the physicality of film. Mm-hmm. In Howling, that initial attack scene yeah. is... With a projector behind her, like you hear the film running. Yeah. In this, the science teacher with the film running, him changing the reels. Right. And oh. then with Snow White, so much of it is in the projection booth, like them physically, like just sure. putting together the film. And then you have uh, Gremlins 2, where it stops yep. and you get the intermission because the film you breaks. The, uh, you've got uh, Matinee, which is right. basically takes place in the yeah theater uh yeah it does it seems to be a theme throughout his films that he has this fascination with just the the physical craft of Mm -hmm. movies sure a really well-known scene which i think is always hilarious is with snow white playing on the uh screen you have the hi ho hi ho uh off to work we go song all the gremlins singing along to it billy and kate and gizmo come up Gizmo doesn't miss a beat. He just starts singing it too. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. They're watching Snow White. And, and they, they love, love it. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really good. Billy and Kate uh, end up blowing up the theater and taking out all the gremlins except for one that would be our evildoer Stripe. Yeah, he he saw a nuts. sign of candy in the distance and like, I need some of that. So yes, yeah, as you said, Stripe, Stripe lives because of that. Uh, Billy and Kate uh, get their first kiss on. Stripe uh, went into a department store where he saw the the candy sign. And we'll just finish this out. And if you guys yeah, have stuff it. to say, I'll, I'll let you hear. So, oh, thank you. Absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so, uh, we get a Stripe versus Billy segment here at this department store. Uh, Stripe is winning with, uh, with a lot of different objects being <laughs> tossed Billy's way, including, um, I believe, a... An arrow is shot at him. Uh, a chainsaw is had. Uh, objects, circular saw. saw. Yeah, yeah, a couple different saws mm-hmm. and blades. It's it's a good fight. Uh, Gizmo comes to the rescue. 
It feels like the end of a slasher film. Like you need it. The, you need the it last... in the final showdown. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need Gizmo yep. to confront his inner demons. Yep. Yeah, Gizmo to the rescue. Uh, he he gets uh, blinds or shutters open. From well, this... he first you gotta talk about he gets in he... his little race car. That's right, he's racing Barbie, through there on his Ma- little car. Malibu Barbie. So doing his Clark Gable. Yep. Dad comes back to town. Wolf Wolf uh, gets out of the car. Yep. Are you talking about the finale? Yes. Yep. So I love that Dante just does horror of Dracula where, because <laughs> yeah, sure. you get that well, ending sequence does. with mean, the music yeah. and Peter Cushing mm-hmm. is running across the table and jumps and hits the drapes and this gizmo races across yeah. a snow shovel mm-hmm. and then hits the drapes. Yeah. Uh, gizmo to the rescue, bright lights, uh, melting stripe, sick effects work. It reminds me a lot of Raiders too with the melting... Oh, yeah. Nazis at the end. For the shot of the up close shot of him in the fountain melting, it looks like he's kind of double the size just for the uh-huh. shot. Sure. Like they built something much bigger to sit on the fountain. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. what they did, but he looks much bigger in that yeah. one mm-hmm. like one shot. And then I like like the double scare where he comes back for a second in skeletal skeletal form and mm-hmm. falls out Again, of the waterfall straight up thing. horror film yeah they come back it's very yeah. much like what chris wallace does effects wise in the fly of when brundlefly exits the pod after his last uh transformation when he fuses with the machine the the body just slumping mm-hmm. into the yeah. ground yeah. and it just it melts into and it and i love the like the bubbles that keep the moving bubbles that form. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that effect as well i totally understand why some kids would be scared of this when they're little the Chinese man from the beginning comes back for the Mogwai uh, because obviously... Uh, Can't handle it. They, they didn't take care of it. They uh, In fact, they tried to destroy the world. It takes a <laughs> lot of responsibility, as the man said, and this family didn't have that responsibility. So he comes back for the Mogwai. I did write that the smokeless, smokeless ashtray held an invention. Mm-hmm. End of film. Um, and you've said earlier, they're kind of goodbyes to each other and that Gizmo was much more pleasant than he should have been. Yeah, he should have been like, thank God. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to stay with this fucking And your final is a uh, bye-bye, Wolf Wolf. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, he should have been like, you know what? Grandfather, take the dog as well. They don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, me and Barney are going to go live in the basement together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah so hell of a film. Yeah. Do, do you like this movie, Nolan? Yeah, good time at the movies. I love them both. I, I knew that... Um, also, you know, we are the same age. We grew up in the same area. I remember this being on TV a lot as when I was growing up. But I also, I you know, I didn't know movies very well when I was younger. So I always got the two confused because I never knew which one was playing. I just knew there was gremlins on the screen and I enjoyed what I saw from them. Yeah. You know? And I enjoyed the chaos. So highs, lows, make them laugh. Melanie, do you want to start today? Or yeah. do you want me to? Yeah. you want no, to start? Um, okay, so my overall... To put kind of, not a caveat, but just a asterisk next, next to this, the best scene for me is the bar scene. Mm-hmm. It's my make them laugh, just so much into that. That is probably truly the high. But for my high specifically, I'm going to say Joe Dante having the creative force behind this film. I think of anyone mm-hmm. else, because there's talks of like Tim Burton doing it, or maybe Christopher Columbus doing it. Chris Columbus. Anyone else, you don't get the tone. So it's just Joe's direction, Joe's creative vision, 
and his love of uh, Looney Tunes overall. Mm-hmm. That's my high. My low, I mean, Stacy, you brought up a good point. It wasn't, that's not my low that we don't have a judge scene, but it, I assume that's probably going to be yours and I would agree with it. But my low is just, the humans are absolute trash in this. Most of them are trash. Like, mom is cool. Kate's cool. That's about it. I mean, she's mm-hmm. got some baggage, but she's cool. Billy's kind of trash. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Dick Miller, but kind of trash. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. the dad, absolute trash and making trash. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I love everybody, but their humans are kind of terrible. And then, yeah, again, my make them laugh is everything with the bar. It, it's perfect. And... Anytime the dog interacting is hilarious to me. Like it, I, it warms the cockles of my heart, but it's also very funny. He's got great comedic timing. Mm-hmm. So my high is the bar scene. I just think it's a masterclass of filmmaking and just visual gags. I think that Dante is on point and it is a herald of things to come. And it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Milo, like Melanie said, judge Reinhold, we should have got some payoff to that character. My make him laugh. I'm going to put the time machine gag just because I think it's so weird and you could completely miss it. Oh, I'm like sure. it is something that I imagine many people did not notice when they were watching the movie, mm-hmm. but I think it's so funny. It's so weird. And it definitely, it it's a concrete like setting the film in this cartoon world of fantasy. And nothing, there's no no consequences. that matters, yeah. yeah. But I guarantee you there's going to be some people that listen to this that didn't, have never seen that and have probably seen this film upwards like of 10 to 15 times. Also, I do want to make a special notice because we didn't talk about him. Jerry Goldsmith's score for this movie is fantastic. I love the main theme and I love just, I feel like there's so many cues in this movie that just feel like Looney Tunes. They're very cartoonish. And I think Jerry Goldsmith's music is perfect for this type of movie. And it's very mm-hmm. different from anything else he's done. It's, I mean, it's still him, but mm-hmm. it is very different. I love the score. The, I mean, the... The main theme is the, perfect. What do they call it? The, like, Gremlin's Rag, I think is what it is. The dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It is, it's fantastic. But I love all the gizmo's little like his song he sings becomes mm-hmm. his little theme in a different tone like it's very cute sure. it's a great score uh okay for my high just to be different i'll agree with you guys the bar scene is it, it's the high point but just just to be different I'll, I'll just say uh i love the effects work at the end with uh stripes death just yeah. that's some really great gore and and good good stuff there uh my uh, low point is also <laughs> sounding like a broken record, but just in a different way. Just more Judge Reinhold in general. Yeah. I've already said that, but yeah, I love Judge Reinhold. You know, I just wanted more of it. And the make him laugh uh, for me is just Mr. Fetterman, aka Dick Miller, um, and his hatred for all things foreign and them uh, him dying in an ironic way. He I, didn't die, but yeah. or injured. being yeah, yeah. terribly injured in an ironic way. I, I really like <laughs> that a lot. So those GD foreign cars, man, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. I must ask you, Mary, fuck, kill Mrs. Deagle, Gerald Hopkins, I believe is Judge Reinhold's character's name, or Papa Pelzer. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go first. (laughs) I'm I'm killing Mrs. Deagle. Can't stand her. I don't like her at all. Um, I'm going to... 
Who is my other? Okay, there's Papa. Judge. And Judge. Papa. Okay. Um, I'm effing Judge and I'm marrying Papa. I just want to get on the inventions. I want to see if I can help him. And look, he's got some ideas. Okay. I don't know if I'm the perfect guy to make him work properly, but I'll give him some some pep in his step. Okay. And I, 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 look, he's a trier. I like triers. Well, you say you don't like triers, you don't doers. Well, that's what Kenny told me, but he knew that I was always a trier. That's the problem. So I'm going to fuck Deagle. Here's yeah. why. Listen. She probably needs it. She would probably be less crotchety. Open up I'm going to save that town with my dick. That, I, it's going to be the it's, that's a Christmas it's going to be the end of the Grinch. I'm going to marry Judge Reinhold because he's only 23 and he's a junior VP. Like he's got shit figured out. I'm going to kill Papa Inventor begrudgingly. I don't want to. I like him, but I don't know if he has value. And this isn't a swerve, but I'm going a different way as well. I am killing Deagle, and I am going to fuck Papa. He's not, probably invented he's so a, many toys. That's exactly where that I was going. That it's like... No, that's exactly where I was going. I think that even if he couldn't get you where you needed to be, I think he's got something that he can pull out that he's going to So get you're you. like, Claire Denise fuck machine in high life was good but wait till papa's let i want to see the pulitzer pounder Mm -hmm. like what do you have papa pulitzer uh yeah i (laughs) fuck him for sure and then i'm going to marry judd for the same reason i'm wearing judge Ryan because he's only 23 and honestly and a junior vp yeah i think that he's got his shit figured out Mm -hmm. he's all about uh capitalism and I it can be a loveless marriage. Yeah, no, it's gonna be. It's gonna be it's gonna eventually end in a divorce where I get half of his fortune. Oh, that sounds so good. And then I get Phoebe Cates. Alright. Hell of a hell of a picture. Yep. Great job. Great movie. Are you so. gonna send everyone away with a Christmas wish? Uh I can do that. Uh let's see. Uh I hope you all get fiery coals in your stockings. <laughs> And logs for your presents. That's not nice. Okay. Fun episode, guys. Uh, happy holidays to everyone out there. I, I didn't mean what I said. I, I want everybody to get nice gifts and give nice gifts. Okay? Just love one another. Don't want to others. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada. Yeah. All right. Happy holidays from Cinema Parlor. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. Uh, you can find us... On Instagram as well. You can listen at iTunes, on Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your desired podcasts. You can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. That's Clover 84 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. Yeah. And if Twitter does uh, fall at some point, we'll figure out what to do. Yeah, there, we're, we'll stick with Instagram. We'll probably go to Hive, even though Hive is super glitchy too. Sure. Mastodon is not an option. That thing <laughs> yeah. is complicated yeah. and trash. Yep. Yeah. But we'll we'll find you. So we'll for the time us. being, that's where you can find us and uh we'll go from there. So all right, it's been real guys, and uh we will check you after the holidays. So Happy holidays. Happy holiday. I love you. <laughs>